Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. The title for today's message I felt like God put on my heart is called Anointed for Transformation. So, and I think we're going to switch over to the slide deck here too. I've got some slides. Jesse tried it out a couple weeks ago. This way you guys can get some of the visuals I'd like to share. And I'm sorry for those of you online. I'll try my best to do, you know, different movements and uh, just describe as best as I possibly can. Or I'll throw you to like a, a link or something you can Google to see the visuals that I'm looking at. Whenever possible... We got it up. Perfect. So just to kind of set the stage, I know in this season, and I think in every season at Overflow, identity is always going to be a critical part of what we talk about. There's never not going to be something, uh, a Sunday message. There's never going to be anything we do that's really not rooted in identity, and specifically in the, the identity that we are as sons and daughters of God, right? For those that believe, follow Jesus. And so... This season, I know we've been doing that spiritual slavery to sonship class and really focusing on our relationship with the Father, right, and getting to know Jesus and the Holy Spirit as well in that context, but really just transforming our hearts and any areas that the Lord is pruning or wanting to, to do and work on. And can I just see, like, a, uh, any hands here that have gotten something from the last couple months, just feel like something in my life is transformed, something in my life is being transformed. Yeah, that's awesome. Why don't we just thank the Lord for that too? I just want to praise God. We want to do as many testimony shout outs as possible. I think that's important. And just to, to celebrate what God is doing, what he's focusing on. Um, and so as we get to know his heart, his heart deeper, that's something that we are never going to stop doing, right? That's just, as we grow in our identity, I don't think any of us, and you'll hear Jesse say this too, I don't think any of us actually ever arrive, you know? All, just here on earth, we're just done. We've hit our, the, the end goal, the mark. We are, we're shooting for the perfection that Jesus paid for on the cross. We're being perfected, but there's always something else that he wants to do with us while on earth until we meet him in heaven and really see that full perfect picture of who he's created us to be. And so Lisa, last week, she gave a great word on, uh, on health and stewarding our triune being of the body, soul, and spirit. How many of you guys really enjoyed that? If you were here last week, yep, yep, got a lot out of that. It was awesome. Um, and so I want to kind of continue on that route. I want to blend a little bit of the identity message with uh, additional stewardship of what God, I feel like, is calling us to in this season. And we're going to go into something specific, and I really hope and pray that the Lord is just going to minister to hearts. And go. feel free to go. I just want to give you permission right now. Feel free to go wherever the Lord takes you. And even if you're just sort of like blacking out while I'm talking because you're just an encounter with the Lord on something, and he reminds you of whatever that is, I just want you to entertain that with him. And I want you to, to go into that imagination place. And just, just feel free to, 
to go to, to that place with him. So you've got full permission to encounter the Lord. You guys receive that? All right. And I pray that too. Like maybe, maybe at the end of this service, there's only a handful of you that stuck with me the entire way, you know, and just a bunch of you are on the floor or something's going on. I don't know. Um, but I'm cool with wherever the Lord leads us. <laughs> so today I really want to look at the, the prophetic vision that God has for us as the body of Christ and then society as well, just heaven on earth. Um, and then, like I said, I'd really love to see uh, just that's the stewardship that comes with that journey to see the prophetic vision that God has for us. I really want to speak into some of that journey as well and see uh, God transform our hearts. Are you all okay with that? Is that good? All right. So we are going to, we're going to start in Luke 4, but we're going to spend most of our time in Isaiah 61, as you can see up there. So if you want to, if you're good at flipping around your Bibles or your mobile apps, go ahead and turn there. We're going to start in Luke 4. And we're going to start with uh, verse 17. So while you're turning there, just a little context. So Jesus, he just got finished up with his, uh, his temptation with the enemy just uh, earlier in the chapter. And he uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, was tempted. So he's just coming out of that. And he's really just being anointed by the Spirit of God and thrown into his ministry like a willing throne <laughs> that he's going in. And he actually goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And there, the custom was just to read from the scrolls, and he was going to read that day. So, of course, just by chance, right, he was given the scroll of Isaiah. And so this is where we're going to tie back to Isaiah 61. So verse 17, it says, The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it, Jesus found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're going to see more why that, that was such an amazing thing. But I want to... I want to keep reading here. So in verse 20, he says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. As you can imagine, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. In verse 21, And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then he dropped his mic. <laughs> if he had a mic back then. So it's pretty amazing. So he's basically, and we're going to go back to Isaiah 61 now. And as we're doing that, I just wanted to share uh, even some of the reasons why I'm kind of setting the context here. But what he's declaring is that he's from 700 years ago in Isaiah 61, which we'll see the same, the same declaration that Isaiah proclaimed, he's actually the fulfillment of that word 700 years or so from the time that it was actually declared. And we're going to go into the context to see why that word was pretty crazy back then and that, uh, that specific vision that the Lord gave to Isaiah. And so in this moment, we see that Jesus is anointed. It literally, the Holy Spirit comes on him. He's the fulfillment of this word. 
He's the living, breathing word that the, the Jewish people have been waiting for for hundreds, thousands of years. And he expresses a clear vision of the will of God. And so he's got this mandate from the Father. He has this anointing. And then as we see in, in Scripture in the New Testament, Jesus then invites a bunch of broken dudes to join him and follow him as his disciples. And he empowers them. He sends them out in Matthew 10, giving them authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. And then, uh, then he goes to the cross. He dies. He's buried. And he's resurrected. And when he ascends to heaven in Acts 2, about 50 days after, right? You guys are very familiar with Pentecost. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples are just hanging out in the upper room. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes on, on the disciples and anoints them. So you have this transition. Jesus fulfills the word. He steps into that word, and we see that materially in, in his life. And then he empowers his disciples, his people, the bride of Christ. And then he empowers us with his Holy Spirit. So they get to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled which is pretty cool. And then in 1 John, it says, 1 John 2, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And then Paul writes in Romans 8, 11, that the same Spirit of God that lives in Jesus lives in us. So why did I just go on that little tangent there? It's just to establish the legality that Jesus was anointed, and then he anointed us, and we get to proclaim the same thing that he proclaimed in Isaiah 61. So I wanted to do this together as, as a body. We're actually going to declare Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, or Luke 4, 18 there, together as if we are the ones that are embodying that word because Jesus has also anointed us to do the same. So I want to do that together if you are willing. So if you can, repeat after me. All right. And declare this as, as if this is you saying it here. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. So good. So now that we, and this is stuff I, I know many of us know here, but now that we have established that we have the same proclamation, the same vision that, that Jesus has, which is God's vision in his heart, I want to take a, a deeper look at the rest of Isaiah 61 and God's vision of transformation. And then what I'd like to do is apply that to uh, just some of the context in our lives at this point. So if you can, if you are in Isaiah 61, I'll go ahead and read that now. All right. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. This is Isaiah prophesying. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Now this part here, I, I, want, you to, I want you to imagine that the Lord is actually speaking this directly to your heart as well. Just as if we are the, the people of Israel, because we are God's people. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord, for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. Verse 8, it says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. If you receive that, <laughs> say, I receive that from you, Lord. So I just wanted to establish in the beginning that we have the same spirit that's in Jesus. So we have the same anointing and the same calling that Jesus had. And we are his people. Even though this was in the, the, the old covenant, this is 700 years or so before Jesus, we are in the generational line of, of his people. And that's because of Jesus. So what I wanted to highlight was uh, a couple of things here. So if we put up the, the first, we can go on to the next slide there and go on to number one. Thanks, John. So in, in verses one through two, Jesus fulfilled the word and brought his people into the new covenant. So he's actually anointed and empowered by the spirit of God, and then he anoints us. So in, if we go to the second one, we have essentially all of what we just read. The Spirit of God anoints us, or he anoints his people, to declare and share in his heart and prophetic vision. And then number three, which is where we're going to focus a lot of our time today, the Spirit of God makes a way for us to see every area of our lives transformed. And he has a favorable exchange rate. And I just wanted to highlight what he does or what he says in verse 3 of Isaiah 61. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. So, Lord, right now I just declare that over us as your people that we get this amazing exchange rate. And so if you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading or prompting you, just go ahead and exchange whatever it is right now with him that's 
something that he does not have designed for you to hold, I want, to, I want you to release that. Release that to the Lord and let him do these awesome exchanges. It's a really good exchange rate. You should take advantage of it. And then what we also see, so we also see that the Spirit of God transforms society, number four. So not only does, it, does he take us and he brings us into his anointing, and then he does all these amazing exchanges for us, we walk in favor and blessing with him. He then wants to share that with the rest of the world, with society, and see that transformation. And so that's what, that's what I feel like he's, he's highlighting today. And I wanted, to, um, I wanted to talk specifically about the context here. So we just read this, and uh, if you can think about back to their day, in Isaiah 61, about 700 years or so, the Israelites have had a pretty rocky history to this point. They've had promises from God. They've been in covenant with God. But for hundreds or thousands of years, they've just been up and down like a roller coaster with him. And their end of the bargain, fulfilling that covenant. And it's, uh, they're actually in captivity. So they're, they've been in captivity multiple Countries have come in, invaded, and actually taken over, and they're, they're, they're in ca captivity, um, which is not a super fun place to be if you've ever been in that place. So just imagine that you're getting this word, and you've been living your whole life. All you know in reality is that you're actually in captivity to someone else. You have these promises from the Lord, and then you get this amazing visual, and he says... Uh, all, he does all these exchanges and says all these amazing things. He talks about rebuilding ancient ruins that have been devastated. He talks about others serving. He talks about the wealth that's going to come in. He's gonna, he says he's going to replace shame with a double portion. And he calls them oak trees, as if they're deeply planted and firm and strong. So if you're going through all this in reality... How many, I'm just curious how many of the people at that time were like, wow, this is exactly the word that feels right to me right now in this moment, <laughs> right? Like, yes, thank you, God, for this word, and I, I know there are people like that, but I'm also being a little cynical because you know we've all been there in some way. If the reality of what we're going through doesn't match up with this incredible vision, that can, you know, that can be a hard thing to process. So I have this little meme that I put together, so we can throw up the first half of that. So in Isaiah 61, and a lot of times, right, when we get prophetic words or when we, under, we get something from the Lord or something speaks something over us, it, it could be identity-related. It could be you are a prophet of God. It could be you're going to speak in front of nations one day. It can be a word that's so lofty, or it could be health-related or something that just feels like, you don't have a lot of hope tied to it, right? But God gives you a vision, a prophetic vision that's declared, and this is what he says. It's basically like this beautiful, it's an apple tree, in case you're wondering. It's an apple tree with lots of fruit, a very mature one, and this thing is going to feed a lot of people, right? But if we go to the kind of the next half of that, this is sometimes what we feel like the current perceived reality is, right? We're this little seedling, and maybe not even that green, 
maybe it would be more like just the seed or a withered little plant or you know something like that, right? And we all have different areas of our lives where we feel a lot of hope on or we've seen, we've seen what we want to see and that it matches with the vision of God, but we've also seen you know, different things like this too. And I can imagine that's, at least for some of the Israelites, they were probably wondering like, okay, God, this is what you say, but this is where we feel like we're at right now, right? So what I, I want to... What I want to make sure that we, we understand, right, is that God is sovereign. <laughs> and he does what he wants according to his nature and sovereignty, and he does not depend on us, right? Even if we don't see or we, we have a hard time seeing that word, God is still sovereign to declare that word and speak that over us. And it's legal. If he says it, then it's absolutely legal, even if we can't necessarily see it uh, that specifically yet. And so what I want to do is um, specifically talk about what it's like to, to kind of steward the journey, right? Like if this, is, if this is where you feel like something is in your life or you haven't seen something, whatever it is, but you know God has declared that, what is that stewardship process like? And, and I wanted to throw up a, a visual here. So the next slide, yeah, perfect. So if you guys can see this, this is a chart. It's called the Plateau of latent potential. I actually got this from Atomic Habits, James Clear, if you've ever heard or read that book. I love that book, especially if you read it with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if he's a, a Christian, so I'll just say that, but I know that he uses a lot of science and discovery of what God has created, and I got a lot, a lot from this. So I just wanted to give credit there. But in this specific graphic, um, it's just basically measuring results. So if you're online, you can uh, just type in um, James Clear and then type in Valley or the Plateau of Latent Potential, and that should get you there to that graphic. So all it's measuring is results over time. And a lot of times when we get a vision or we get something from the Lord, we, see, we can see that end goal, and that's really important that we can see that. And what we think the progress often looks like is that green line. So you can see the, what you think should happen is just this nice, steady progress like this, right? But in reality, what often happens, and again, this is where the Lord, he can do whatever he wants, right? But a lot of times in reality, that orange line is what actually happens. And so you see that over time, the results are actually... They might feel delayed, right? What, what vision am I trying to see fulfilled in my life? God said, you are gonna, you're going to heal people. You're going to see amazing things at your fingertips. Cancer is going to dissolve in your hands. And then you pray for people, and then it doesn't happen. But that's part of the journey, right? Like you see the vision, but what might actually happen is this season that doesn't look exactly or as quickly, doesn't happen as quickly as you're hoping that it would come. So a lot of times it's more of an exponential setup, but what happens along the way a lot of times when your expectation is that green line, but you feel whatever you feel, you're actually that orange line, and you're underneath that green line, that's called the valley of disappointment. And a lot of people, and this is actually, it's very true for New Year's resolutions, 
I know we've all fulfilled all of our New Year's resolutions and goals, and we're perfect, batting 100% on that, right? <laughs> yeah, none of us here have ever missed one of those. But what happens a lot of time is you have an expectation, but you're not hitting that expectation. In some way, you have an idea of what those results should look like and the timing that you, you would expect those things to happen. And so that's called the, the value of disappointment. And a lot of people actually give up before they get to that, that breakthrough point where you actually see that exponential growth and, and see the vision being fulfilled. So it's important, of course, that we see that vision, number one, right? That's important that we have that. Um, and so I just want to highlight the Israelites' situation. <laughs> the fact that they are, I mean, what would you expect at that point? In, in Isaiah 61, the Israelites receive this word, and then they have to navigate hundreds of years, right? Hundreds of years of getting to that point where Jesus breaks in, the Lord breaks in, and the, the old covenant is done, and the new covenant is here, and the promise is actually fulfilled. So that's a, a long time. Lord, we just pray that there would not be any 700-year um, things, Lord, but that you have expedited timing. <laughs> yeah, I don't receive the 700-year-plus uh, waiting period. I probably won't make it that long. But I think it's important to note that how we actually how we actually steward, and again, God can do anything, so it doesn't have to be like this. He can take you right to that exponential point right away, can he? And because he's sovereign, and he can use the things of the past. He can use past generations, and he often does, to actually say, Here's the ceil here was my ceiling, but I'm propping up the future generations. I mean, even think of the United States of America and how we are here today. We didn't just start with uh, little hand tools and, and you know, start from ground zero here, like the most basic thing. We were given all of this history. We've given all of this knowledge and all this technology to prop us up, and we're, like, we get to be a part of exponential growth. So it absolutely does happen. But I want to invite us with that, when those periods of disappointment come, I just want to say that they often determine our entry to the promised land. And I'm going to say that again. So how we steward the valleys of disappointment often determines our entry to the promised land. So if you think about, if you think about Moses and the Israelites, they were originally intended to go into the promised land, weren't they? Like that was God's heart and vision for them. But why, why didn't they make it in there? And why did he say it's going to go to a future generation? It had to do with how they, they stewarded that valley of disappointment because they had, just, they had just left Egypt and they had gone from this comfortable thing and they're out in the wilderness and they're doing who knows what. They're eating this, you know, this bread, the same bread over and over. And their focus became just not stewarding that, that valley of disappointment well. And so they missed out their opportunity on, on the, the promised land. And so I just want to say it's not to, not to be scary, but God in his sovereignty actually makes us a huge part of what happens on earth. Would you guys agree with that? Like in his sovereignty, he's ultimately going to, whatever his word says, it's ultimately going to happen. But we play a huge part in actually bringing that to earth. And so the timing, 
I think that we have a, a big impact on the timing in terms of what we understand timing to be here on Earth. So it's just something to think about. But I want to I wanna mention a couple of examples in Scripture where they actually did steward the Valley of Disappointment, or they used to pockets of, of time in their lives. So let's think of David, all right? So David, King David, he was, uh, he was just out there as a shepherd boy doing his thing, killing a lion or a bear here and there. And then he gets anointed king at a very young age. And what happened? He went right into the, the throne room, right, of Israel. Oh, no, he didn't. He didn't just, you know, get, get thrown into the, the king's seat. He, for 20 years, had to toil with another man that was king who was trying to kill him. And his wife and children got taken away from him. Um, he did get them back. Uh, and he had to do a lot of battles. He had to do a lot of stuff in those 20 years just to get to that point. But what did he do? He wrote psalms. <laughs> he said, Lord, here's my heart. And he was honest before the Lord. He bore himself before the Lord. He said, Lord, here's my heart for you to see. Even though this is what I'm experiencing, this is who you are. He reminded the Lord of who he was. He spoke God's testimonies. And he made sure, he made sure that he stewarded his heart well through those valleys of disappointment. And I don't honestly know at that time, I don't know how many people would have gotten through all that stuff that he got through to be eventually become the king and see the vision God had for his life fulfilled, right? So then I also think, I think of some recent examples, you know, in our lives. I think of Bill Johnson. And his dad, so if you guys don't know any of his story, his dad... Um, within the last 20 years or so, 15 to 20 years, he died of cancer. And he died younger than, you know, than you would have liked to have, have seen your dad go too early. And he prayed and prayed and prayed that cancer would be, that he would be delivered of cancer, his dad would. He even had prophetic words that he had at his hands, the Lord anointed Bill, for specifically for healing anointings to actually see cancer totally gone, totally gone. Yet it didn't work out for him with his dad, right? And over the years, he's seen the fulfillment of that word. He's seen cancer dissolve at other people's, in other people's bodies. He's seen reports where they'd go into the, the hospital one week, they'd have cancer, they'd go get the, the checkup, and they, the cancer would be fully gone, right? And he has a lot of amazing testimonies like that. And then just recently, right, his, his wife, Benny, passes away of cancer. And it'd been a long saga for her. And she'd been really going through it, lots of pain. And it was, you know, very, very tough at the end when you see a loved one like that deteriorate at your fingertips, especially when you've seen at your, your hands that God has released through the anointing he's put on your life that there is healing <laughs> and people do receive healing from cancer. So how does, how does Bill handle that? That's a lot of disappointment. And it's almost like his chart, in some ways, kind of looked exponential. Uh, he had that value of disappointment. 
seeing breakthrough in progress. And then you have that, if you ever look at the stock market chart, you have that crash, <laughs> right? At least in terms of what we think is going on in reality. And so how you handle that, that determines whether or not you're going to enter the promised land even in the future from there, right? So what does Bill do? He preaches two or three days later after his wife dies. I don't know anyone else that would do that. But what was his response in that disappointment and that, God, I don't understand why this happened? Exactly. It was praise. And he, you, you could tell in his heart that he was, he believed the Lord's word in Isaiah 61 where it says beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So I would venture to say that he's doing a really good job of handling that valley of disappointment and giving those mysteries to the Lord. And so what I want to do, as I'm kind of going through this next section, I want to invite you into just thinking about what are some areas in my life. It could be physical, just like we were talking about the triune being that we have. There could be physical, there could be soul, which is mind, uh, mind, will, and emotions, or there could be spiritual things, or probably all of those things, that we're contending for something in our lives. It could be for us personally, it could be for a loved one, it could just be this huge, crazy, amazing thing, like revival seeing a billion people, uh, a billion soul harvest for people to come to Jesus, and that prophetic word that has been not just one prophet speaking that, but multiple prophets speaking that. There could be a lot of things on your heart. So I just want to invite you right now, let the Lord put a couple things on your heart that you see or you've had that prophetic vision of where God, God has called you to, right? And maybe there's, like, let's celebrate, of course. Let's celebrate what God is doing in our lives, right? That's super important. Um, but let's also make sure that we're, we're honest with ourselves with where we're at right? Like where we, even if we feel a certain way, even if we feel a certain way, God can and will eventually get us to that exponential growth, right? It just might not look the way that we, we thought it would. So I want, want to invite you to kind of think through that as I wipe the lovely sweat on my forehead. Is it hot or is it just, all right, well, whoever governs the, um, you know, the AC, we just bless the AC to decrease in number in Jesus' name. So I want to throw a couple of biblical principles at you to kind of process through this whole thing, right? Because in any area of our lives, this applies, I think. It can apply to us individually or corporately, and we all have visions, we all have things that the Lord has given us, and we're all at different parts of that journey and we can be at multiple places on the spectrum, even with, you know, different things, right, in our lives. So I've got eight, uh, on the next slide here, I've got eight biblical principles. And these are things that we've really highlighted. Um, like these are very important values here at Overflow. And so there's eight, and then I have three bonus ones that did not make it into this slide that I'm going to read to you. <laughs> So I think the first thing is focus on what God is doing. 
Testimonies. Testimonies. If all we're focusing on is the valley of disappointment, right, in that, that place, we, that's what we're going to see. And that's our vision, right? We need to look for and be really good at stewarding our hearts to have eyes for what God has eyes for because he's always doing something. He's always working. But if our focus is just on that valley of disappointment, then that's what we're going to see. That's when we go to the watering hole, right? <laughs> when we go there and we see the reflection, that's going to be our focus. And that's what we're, we're ultimately going to be declaring in our hearts, whether we know it or not. So it's really important to have testimonies of your own, but to get other people's testimonies. When you don't have one or you can't think of one, go get someone else's testimony because there's plenty of them out there. And there's a ton in this church here. <laughs> so I want to invite you guys to, yeah, explore and, and find other people's testimonies as well as explore and find your own. Number two is celebrate progress regardless of the amount. We can be so critical, and I am one of the worst offenders. I, over my life, for whatever reason, I developed like a, a kind of like a cynical or critical eye, and really for myself especially. And sometimes you think, I can only celebrate progress when I get to this level. You know, when, when the results look like this, then I can celebrate progress. Then I've kind of made it to a point where it's like, you know what, this is milestone-y enough to celebrate. So I will now. But that's just not how God is. He, we're like his children. When you look at your, you know, your baby, and I'm going to step into this season here, so I've got to get really good at this. When you look at your baby who's, you know, a couple months old and they, they smile or laugh, you're not going to be like, <laughs> that's the only expression you have. Like, you could probably do better than that. Or when they get to the walking stage and they're fumbling and barely crawling and, and kind of trying to walk but stumbling, you'd be like, uh, you, can, you can do a whole lot better than that. Like, that's not that impressive. Look at me. Like, I can run and do all these things. So let's, like, let's up your game. Like, God's not going to be like that with us either. Like, he, he loves us so much. And no matter where you are at in the process or, you know, on that chart, you could be at the, feel like you're at the very beginning. It doesn't matter. God celebrates progress every point of the way. And that's going to help the, the valley of disappointment. The more you can celebrate progress and focus on God's testimony and his vision, that's going to be good. That's going to be good for your progress. I can tell you that. Number three is keep your hopes and expectations up. So dream big. So Steve Backlin comes here. And we try to have him once a year. And he is one of the most hopeful people that I know personally. And that is what he does. He focuses on the hopes and actually gets his expectations up. And that's how we should be too. We should actually dream big with the Lord. So that exponential growth chart, the thing that looks like, whoa, I feel like I'm here. And the thing that God has called me to or the thing that God has called society to, it's not even, it doesn't feel close to that thing. Maybe I should, you know, lower my expectations. Maybe I should try to get something more attainable because in my mind, it just doesn't seem plausible to get to that next, to get to that step. That's just, you know, it's the elephant is right here. I haven't even started eating it. But that's not what God calls us to. He gives us, he gives us big dreams. And so I just want to invite you guys, let those dreams, those dreams be big. And turn that, um, if that faucet was ever turned off, we're going to turn that back on. 
Number four is submit disappointment and mourning before the Lord. This is with um, just with the stewardship, especially of the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. And this is what Lisa was talking about last week. If we can steward those, those times of disappointment well and actually step into the humanity that God created us for, which is, includes mourning. And there is, there's godly mourning, and then there is the opposite of, <laughs> of godly mourning. And the way you know which one is the right one is that you're actually pointed to the Lord and he's your source of comfort. That's how you know what godly mourning is. But if you never get consoled and you never feel peace from that thing or you never feel comfort, then something is off there and, and there's just a, you're just staying in this, this sadness. And God is not, he's called us to mourn and to process, but he hasn't called us to stay in the valley of disappointment, right? So give that to the Lord. Number five, who knows the timing but God? Again, I, I do not want 700 years, like a prophetic word, and then it's like 700 years later, yay. But you know what? God doesn't care. Like timing doesn't, it's not the same with God. It is to us because we think, I might live to, you know, if I'm really fortunate, like 70, 80, some 90 or 100, not 70. You're fortunate if you live to 200. How about that? That's good. But who, who knows the timing but the Lord? We have our expectations, right? We have our expectations of what we think the timing should be, hence that kind of that green, steady growth of expectation. But that's just often not how it goes, right? So we have to be open that the timing of the Lord is perfect in that the fulfillment of that dream, that promise that he's given you, that he's given your family. We have to, we have to know that his, his timing is good. Number six is any success or results belong to the Lord. We often try to, as a, I don't know, it's just normal, I guess, for us, but we try to quantify everything we can in specific numbers. But sometimes the, the quantification of success and results, it doesn't always look easy to quantify. Sometimes it's hard to, to really understand how best to, to measure those results. So what I say is, let's just get out of the way of the results, right? Let's get out of the way of what success looks like and just let the Lord define that and trust that God's really good at multiplication. And we see that all throughout Scripture, right? We see the when he multiplied for the 4,000 and 5,000 and he fed all of them with a couple fish and a little bit of bread. That's really good multiplication. In my natural eye, I don't see it that way, but in the spirit, God enables me, right? Through his anointing, he enables me to actually see the way he sees and just trust. Okay, Lord, I bring this before you. This is where I'm at. This is what I have. I just, I say, just multiply it. Number seven is, do you, if you don't understand, I think it's great to seek understanding. Seek understanding with all your heart, and you should. But when you get to that point, which I think we all probably get to that point, you have to have a mystery box with the Lord. The, this is one of the times where, just like for Bill Johnson, does he know why Benny didn't get healed of cancer? There's no, there's no answer for that. 
And so it becomes a, a point of, do I just give this to the Lord and say, God, this is one thing I don't understand, but I submit this thing to you because I believe your identity, I believe who you are over whatever my circumstance and how I'm interpreting what just happened and this disappointment I'm experiencing, I give up my right to hold that thing and I submit it to your identity. I submit it to who I know you are and declare the mystery box is the Lord's. Number eight. And can you guys actually see, just for like my own uh, thought process, can you see how these... Uh, like, can you actually read all this up here? I'm curious. You can? Okay. Maybe harder in the back, too, but that's great. You can. Okay. Just for future reference, it'll be helpful. So number eight, I thought this one was, um, this was pretty important. So this is where I, we spoke about God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. He's going to do what he wants to do. And in his sovereignty, he actually says, you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you're all a part of my plan. I've created you for a purpose, and I want you to be the fulfillment of this word on earth. That's a lot of trust. That's a lot of empowerment that he gives us. And we can choose to do our part. We can choose to be obedient to the Lord. Or we can say, no, I don't want to. And he allows us to say that. And it can impact things on earth. It does impact things on earth. I mean, just think about the Israelites we talked about. They had a choice. If they wanted to go into the promised land, they could have stewarded their hearts differently towards the Lord, but they didn't. And so God's original plan, it can, he's very, he's sovereign. He can do what he wants, and he can figure out a way to connect the dots, even if we, you know, don't want to participate or we don't want to abide in the vine, he's still good enough to, to get it done, and he'll figure it out. But that's our part is we may not, we might see the vision, but we don't necessarily know the course of how to get there, especially if this is something that you've never done before, right? So all we can do is abide in the vine and be obedient to his commands, obedient to his heart, and really listening for what he's saying. And then I just a couple of, or a few extra bonus ones I, I thought of after I sent this slide over. Um, God can use anything he'd like to change the starting line or expedite the timing. So God can use anything he'd like to change the, the starting line or expedite the timing. And so that's where we do not, there's so much we don't know. There's so much backstory. There's so much history, and the Lord has it all. There's so much context we might not be aware of, but God is. And this is where trust in the Lord, just to say, Lord, this is what you've said. I, in my natural eye, I don't see how this is going to work. <laughs> I don't see how this is, we're going to get there. But if God wants to, he can, he can change the starting line so that you're you know, further on that exponential curve because of maybe past generations or what's been done before. He's good to, I say he's a, he's a very, he's good at leverage, hence the 100 times multiplication. Like he's good with that. Bonus number two. 
do it in community. So we often try to do things alone or, or walk out these awesome visions and God's heart for our lives or whatever else. We try to do that often alone. But that's not what God has, has said. We're a body to come together and actually do it in community. So I think that's important. And this is such an awesome community. Like I always see people stepping up. I see amazing hearts here. Um, and there's just, there's so many incredible people here in this community that can be a part of, of the journey. And then bonus number three, find someone who's been there before, if possible. There's places we're going to go where you don't know anyone or no one has been there before because that's how God does. He always does new things. It's, it's awesome. But for somewhere where you're trying to go, whether it's a physical thing and you're like, I've never worked out in my life, but I want to be, I want to be in a good, healthy place. <laughs> well, you could go at it alone. You could just go to the gym and start doing a bunch of stuff. Or you could find someone who's been through that, who's got years of training, who's actually in that, that profession. That's what they do. Because having a guide, that's wisdom, isn't it? So if you do, or if you can find someone who's been there before on the journey you're going on, could be work-related, could be relationship uh, item. There's so many things. But if you can, find someone who's been there before. They'll make the journey a whole lot better. But in overall, just let's make sure we do it in community. So as I wrap up, I just wanted to throw um, this last photo. This is, again, the the picture of the apple tree, the vision that God has for your life. And I just want to declare, um, if you guys would, I just want to, if you guys would actually put your hands out as I, I close today, I just want to minister to your hearts a little bit. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is actually going around the room right now. And I, I really am not just saying that. Like, I see the Holy Spirit touching hearts right now. So I just want to declare, I want to declare that we are activated right now in every area of our life, that the Holy Spirit is activated in every area of our life. Holy Spirit, I just declare an anointing, the anointing of of God, the same anointing that Jesus took up in Isaiah 61, so many years later, the fulfillment of that prophecy, and then to have us step into that, I just declare that right now over the body, over each one here. And I just pray that you would show us, show us how to partner with you. Show us how to, uh, to see what you're seeing, to do what you're doing, but to do it all rooted in our, our sonship and our daughtership, that there's never a time where we need to strive to do something, but that what we do is just a, an outflow and an expression of who you are and who we are in you. And right now, if, if, you've, um, if you've ever, if you ever feel like, or maybe you've, you've said something where I want to, you made an agreement with turning your dreams off, or reducing the size of your dreams, 
I actually want to speak to that right now. Uh, just give, like this is something that you can give to the Lord, but just renounce in your, in your heart, if you feel like that's you, just, just say, I, I, I let go of limitations right now. I say no to the limitations that I've placed on my heart, on my dreams. Yeah, I just renounce any partnership that I have made with a limited vision, with limited prophetic words. And I just say right now in Jesus' name, uncap. <laughs> uncap the dreams in my heart. Uncap the dreams that you've put on my life, Holy Spirit. Help me to dream again. And I just say dreams and visions, even, in, even tonight, you're going to have awesome dreams, incredible big dreams, and you're going to have the heart from the Lord to believe, the hope to believe. And I just pray for any, any dreams or any visions that we are seeking or going after right now. I just want to speak into the places of disappointment, uh, tiredness, maybe there's burnout, maybe there's a lack of peace. I just declare strength into each heart right now. I just declared a refreshing right now in Jesus' name, a renewal where renewal needs to take place, that we are not capped because the Spirit of God has so much freedom, and He is unlimited with what He can do. So I just release that right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you that we are great stewards of your heart and vision, I thank you that you're growing us in that area, and I celebrate your testimonies. We celebrate your success, Lord, and the results that you have procured. And Lord, I just thank you that you're increasing our sonship and our daughtership, that you're transforming our lives, and you're transforming our hearts, and then you're going you're gonna to allow us to be a part of shaping this world, of shaping others' lives, Lord, of taking and championing others into the promised land, Lord. I just thank you that we get to fully embrace the promised land that you've set before us, God. And we just declare, we declare your perspective, we declare your identity and who you are in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. And if you received anything there, why don't you just go ahead and say amen. Amen. So good. Oh, yeah. Well, I just feel like the Lord was really ministering to even my heart in that too. Like he is so good. And this place is available anytime. Like it's not just for, not just for now or Sunday. But I just want to invite you guys, if the Lord is doing something on your heart, maybe you need more time, feel free to take it now to process with the Lord and go deeper with him or set aside some time this week to just to really let him have his way in your heart because he will, he will make a way and he, he loves us all so much. So bless you guys. Um, I love you guys very much. Thanks for, thanks for being here today. And I just want to go ahead and officially release you guys. So Lord, I just pray a, a blessing on this awesome people, your bride. Um, and I just thank you that you're doing amazing things in them. God, would you just continue to grow our identities together and uh, as we go out.
from here. And, and we just bless all of our interactions this week that we have with each other, but Lord, outside of the church as well, that we're just going to see awesome things that you're going to do through us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Overflow Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy.